Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Rise and shine, people. It's a Friday here on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Over the next hour, we've got plenty of topics to discuss. This segment, we'll get into the NBA All-Star Weekend, our best handicaps for the three-point contest, the dunk contest, and maybe little action on the actual game itself that has a comical total of 364.5. Oh, boy. Are we going to see anybody put a hand up and play defense? Probably not. Uh, in uh, the 720 segment, we'll get to college hoops, the biggest top 10 and top 25 matchups over the weekend, including a big one in the Big East Marquette taking on number one UConn at 740. On to golf, what we've been seeing in the Genesis so far. Can Tiger Woods get back on track? Uh, probably not since his back is kind of tensing up, but who to watch for in the field? Can we find some value on live betting who wins the Genesis Invitational? Jenks, I just took a trip to my kitchen since I work from home, Mm -hmm. and I found myself eating yet another piece of chocolate, which is fine if the big chocolate heart or the big heart box of chocolates was for me, but this is what I bought my husband. Do you ever find yourself like indulging in something that you bought for your significant other? (laughs) You know, I sometimes, but I'll tell you a story. And this is when I got, this is an ex-wife story, but I think you'll appreciate it. I had a friend of mine one time, and this is when I was like, you've got to be kidding. A friend of mine bought me a, I believe it was a cake. It was for my birthday. It's someone who used to be an intern for me, like, I don't know, God, 15 years ago, and just was always very appreciative of, of how I treated her, and we remain friends, and I've always followed her career and everything, and it was my birthday, and she sent me a cake just to say, hey, you know, hope you're doing well, and so I, I get home. I didn't even know this was sent to me, and I get home. And my ex-wife was like, yeah, she sent you a cake. And I open up the box and she's already started eating it. I'm like, oh, no. I got 
a cake sent and it's already been cut up. I didn't even get to see. Oh my God. I just, I was like, I, this, you can have some, but I feel like, am I wrong here? I feel like I should be able to sort of enjoy this first since this was a gift made for me. Oh my God. So I'm all about sharing as long as I feel like protocol is if someone gets a gift, then they, unless you say, Hey, would you mind if I have a bite or something? You should sort of maybe let that person enjoy the gift first. And then it's like, Hey, help me finish this or whatever. So I think you're on the right side as long as, you know, I think I'm just having PTSD, but I would never go into someone's Oof. gift first. Do you know what I mean? When it was meant for them. And so like, yeah, I went ahead and started this and this was meant for you though. Oh my God. Well, if it's a cake that somebody else got you and you didn't even get yes. to see it, like in all its right. glory, like with the writing on it and stuff, like that's right. something you teach like kids because right. you know you go to a birthday party and they're like, can I have a piece of cake? You're like, no, they have to actually no. eat it and we have to sing happy birthday first. But this is chocolate. It's like, I do think it's like a touch different because it's not like oh, you were yeah. writing on it and I was the one that bought it. And here is the the thing that I feel like you do. You save the ones that you know your significant other likes and you eat the ones that he doesn't like ah. because he likes things with pecans, with walnuts, which, with peanuts. So I saved those ones for him. And this is the weirdest thing. I actually like the ones that are like the strawberry cream filled. I feel like nobody likes this. You? You're right. Like, do you know what I'm talking I'm like, about? Uh, yes. Oh, no. oh, I'm with Jake. I'll take... I'll take any sort of pecan, any sort of peanut. I even like, I even don't mind coconut, which I know a lot of people don't like coconut. I like caramel, mm -hmm. but the strawberry ones, and I do like strawberry, but I don't kind of like that mixture together. So yeah, Chelsea, I'd be like, just leave those for Chelsea. She'll crush those. What's yeah. your strategy when eating a box of chocolates? As people who are always handicapping games, I find <laughs> myself making a strategy for everything. I'm like this when mm -hmm. I eat chocolates too. Like if it was squarely my box of chocolates, I would eat the worst ones first and then leave the good ones till the very end. Do you think that's the yes. right strategy or do you go the opposite where you eat the best ones first mm -hmm. and save the worst ones for last? I think I do a little bit of both. What I've done is I'm like, okay, I want a good one here. And so I eat a good one and then I say, but I don't want to waste them all. So I'll have a good mm -hmm. one to kind of treat myself. And then I'll say, all right, I'll enjoy a couple of these. Like if you're rating them, let me have a 10 first. And then, all right, I'll have the six here, maybe a seven. But I'm going to save these nines or tens. And maybe I'll dip into a four, really go low. But then I'm going to save a few for the end. I try to space them out, I think. Oh, it's almost like a relay spacing and probably running's the same way, but in swimming for a relay, you yeah. would do your best person goes last. Your second to best mm -hmm. person goes first. So you have a good lead off person. Then it goes your third best. And then your slowest person goes third, like in the middle. So maybe it's like the same deal with chocolates where you have yeah. like the best and last kind of book ending. And then like the ones that don't matter as much in the middle. That's where I normally was swimming in the middle. <laughs> Chelsea, you're going third. <sighs> Another roll of that. Hey, that's top three, baby. No, I would be fourth in the pecking oh, order. Oh, I was like, oh, I was like, well, you're third. Okay, you know, that's pretty good. It's top three. Let's go top four. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, we still have a few more chocolates, but I have eaten them pretty quickly. So I probably need to slow down. Your girl has a sweet tooth. All right. Well, what comes along with Valentine's Day usually 
is the NBA All-Star Weekend. We've got it this weekend. Uh, headlining, of course, is the All-Star Game. We've got the West versus the East, which is the format this year. The West is favored, minus 150. And we've got a total of 364.5 if you're interested in betting on the spread. Uh, we've got the Western All-Stars laying 2.5. Jenks, where do you begin with this? Because we try to find logic and reason in everything mm -hmm. and a strategy, but trying to find a strategy in the all-star game, like picking a side, generally when I see no, yeah. no strategy or nothing, I would just take the points and say, well, it's a coin flip. Give me like yeah. the two and a half points with the East. Have you found a strategy here? Absolutely not. Not at all. It's, it's just a coin flip. That's all it is. So... I think if you're betting this game, if you want to try and handicap the NBA All-Star game, by all means, good luck. I think you either here, I would, I would not, I would not lay a buck fifty with the West for a game that might as well be, like I said, this this should be even money either side as far as I'm concerned. So why not take the East at plus money, plus 125? Or if you want to if you want to lay it with the West, lay the two and a half, it's less than three and it's minus 110. But I would not, the thing I would not do is go minus 150 with the West because it's, there's truly few ways. I mean, you can try to handicap it. I suppose you can give it a shot, but there's so many variables. And then you have to work in the idea that, they care about winning this game, but it's not that big of a deal. You have no idea how the rotations might go, when they'll play defense, probably with two minutes to play, whatever it is, I would just go for the best value possible. Yeah, it feels like a, a coin flip to me. So I'm definitely not laying minus 150 in an all-star game. If you're interested, who is the starters for each side? Uh, Western Conference, your favorites. Here we go. We got LeBron, Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic, and SGA. For the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, for the Eastern Conference, we've got Giannis, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, who is going to be out. So it's going to be somebody filling in for him. Tyrese Halliburton and Damian Lillard. So just based on those starters, do you think there are any advantages? Because here's the thing. Like, I don't see this being played like a normal game. Like, mm -hmm. if there was strategy involved, say, well, they have the advantage down low. Like, I don't see people playing, like, defense in this game. Or, like, running plays. Doesn't it feel like it's just going to be like, well, we're going to run down the court. It's going to be like pick up basketball. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, that's exactly how it's going to be. No question. It's just going to be, I, I have to say, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the all-star game because it has gotten, it's gotten so away from being competitive. These, these guys all like each other. That's the thing. And so they'll play and then come three or four minutes to go. Then they start playing defense and we'll get some shots. It can be slop. You'll get some. The best way for me to watch the NBA All-Star game is to just watch the highlights because you'll see some incredible dunks, some alley-oops, some great assists. But a lot of times in between those moments, you see a lot of sloppy play, right? And you don't see any defense. And I do... I do want to see a game. And I understand it's also a show, right? So you have that delicate balance between... This is a show. People want to see highlight reel dunks. They want to see amazing plays. And, and I get all of that. At the same time, I want to see guys compete. I don't want to see guys kind of half-assing it up the court and then throwing it around and then, all right, that ball's out of play. And then uh, I got kicked off someone's leg. I do want to see a competitive game. And these totals keep going up because, yeah, they're competitive, but it's just 
one basket after another with zero defense. And I'm someone who likes to see defense as part of the game. I want to see the best players go at it. You know, like imagine an all-star game where these guys, even though they want to put on a show, imagine a contest where they really tried to win. I'm talking like substitutions. It's not just, hey, everybody gets an equal amount of minutes or we're trying to make this as balanced as we can. Guys really tried to win this game. I think it would be fascinating. And it sort of used to be like that, but not anymore. Well, I will say at least it's easier to keep up with because I know over the past couple of years, they've experimented for with some different formats with like the Kobe mm -hmm. like quarter and stuff. This will be traditional, so it'll be easier to keep up with. I kind of laughed when I saw the total, but we've seen it come down. It was 364 and a half yesterday. Mm -hmm. Money has come in on the under at 363 and a half, which is a comical total. Uh, but again, like you won't catch me betting on an under in an all-star game, even though I think last year it went under this number. But still, uh, not something I want to bet on. So how about some of these contests? We've got the three-point contest. We've got the dunk contest. We've got Steph Curry uh, versus Sabrina Ionescu uh, with the three-point challenge. Jenks, do any of these interest you from a betting perspective? I do like Sabrina Ionescu to go over a 20 and a hook. She's shooting a touch better than Steph Curry. From three-point land this season, I believe she's hitting at a 44% clip, something like that, and she can flat-out play. I, I I, love the number at 20 and a hook. The only question is, is she going to be able to handle the spotlight? And the answer is yes, because she's been a star for a long time when she was in Oregon and now playing for who the Liberty. So, yeah, I actually like Sabrina here to go over 20 and a hook, and I would lay the buck 30. Ooh, I'm looking for these bets right now because all I'm seeing is, oh, are these, oh, okay, it's on the rundown. I was mistaken here. But here's the thing about Sabrina Ionescu that makes me like her even more in these big moments. She had a big, big time friendship, friendship with Kobe Bryant. You don't get mentored by one of the best to ever mm -hmm. do it without learning a little something about pressure. So I'm not, you know, shying away from her in the big moment. And here's the thing about three-point shooting. Like, this is the – it almost feels like the equalizer when it come to, comes to women's and men's mm -hmm. basketball because, you know, it's the same deal. It's not – you're not dealing with defenders. And I don't know how much women's basketball you've watched, but doesn't it feel like some of these shooters in women's basketball, man, they are just deadly. Like, they are so mm -hmm. precise. And a lot of it is just practice. But, like, there is not a huge advantage, I think, for men in this regard. It would almost be similar yeah. to if we were talking about golf and it was like a par three contest. And, you know, you'd have, you know, whoever was the most precise in women's golf going against whoever is the most precise in men's golf. And it would be almost similar. No, that's exactly right, because they are playing with the – you know, the different three-point lines and the different basketballs to make it as equal as possible. And so I think I think ultimately you don't have to worry about any of that, like how is she going to adjust? She won't have to. This is going to be the same thing she does each and every night. And I think there will maybe be a tendency based on name recognition. Obviously, Steph is the bigger name. But if you follow basketball at all, I mean, Sabrina can flat out shoot. She's as good as it gets. And, you know, game knows game. And our game recognizes game. So when Steph Curry, you've seen that, you've seen that little video that kind of went viral where he's talking to a teammate and he was talking about Sabrina and the respect that he has for her game, I think tells you all you need to know about how good she is at what she does.
Yeah, but if we're talking about respect, do you think it's disrespectful to bet against Steph Curry in a three-point shooting contest? <laughs> well, I to me this is it's not to me this is about the number, right? So he has to hit a bit of a higher number, and I understand why. If this were the same number, then maybe I would feel differently. But based on their shooting percentages, based on how they both are in the clutch, and that Sabrina has a lower number to hit, to me that just feels like a safer bet. But then again. It's NBA All-Star Weekend. Do you know what I mean? Right. And this is a three-point shooting contest. Like, all of it's execution. Although, I kind of want Steph to lose. So, Aisha Curry can tweet out, this is rigged. I don't know who set this up, but it's rigged. Remember that tweet she sent out? I'm waiting for another one of those. All right. (laughs) got to get to break. Up next, College Hoops here on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. Happy Friday. Albert, two rolls are right along here on the Daily Tip. Diving into the best college basketball matchups of the weekend, including a top five matchup between Marquette and UConn in just a few minutes. Jenks, we know that for me, when it comes to college hoops, I'm really scared mm-hmm. against to go against some of these teams at home. I don't know what it is, but home court advantage certainly feels like a thing in college basketball like what was the stat we were talking about in the big 12 like unranked teams at home against ranked teams nine and three straight up in the last 12 games something crazy like that and Mm -hmm. one of the games this weekend there is one of the best home court advantages i think in all of college basketball that it feels like nobody talks about auburn at home over the last three seasons is 43 and two 43 and two janks at home oh wow i had no idea no idea and by the way college basketball is not my strength i just try to make it through each and every day i just i hit my punch card and i go in and i put in the work and i go home i eat my three squares a day and i try to talk some college hoops that's remarkable though yeah, Jenks is sandbagging once again. Jenks, you had a great That's not true. I don't know what you're talking about. You did. Like, you always God. do this. You're like, ah, I'm just a simple moron. I'm just a baseball <laughs> moron. And then you, just like, sweep man. the board and like, eh, well, I don't know. Yeah. God, yeah, sandbagging son of a gun. Michael Jenkins. Do they have a three-point line in college hoops? Is there a three-point oh line God. in college? I don't, I don't know college basketball like you. You are definitely expert. You're the one betting on mid-majors every night, by the way. I just want to point out that you can bet on Austin P. You can bet on, I don't know, what's another random Kennesaw State Troy? or something? Kennesaw Troy. State? Oh, another, I don't know. I'm just throwing out random schools. Tennessee State? I don't know. You're, you well, because I don't have hockey. Bet- like, oh, I have to do man. something. And like the NBA doesn't true. feel like a a trusty bedfellow, so I oh, won't yeah, be I you know engaging and <laughs> betting on the NBA every day. But when you see something like this again, I'm going to repeat mm-hmm. it: Auburn over the last three seasons, forty three and two at home, 
And you've got to imagine that they've played some good teams. Like the SEC is not what it is in football uh, as it is to basketball, but still a very good basketball conference. So when you see this and you see that Auburn is playing at home <laughs> this weekend, yeah. uh, it almost feels like you got to like just auto play Auburn, right? Auburn squaring off with Kentucky. Yeah. And like you don't have to do any research on this game. I feel like you just take Auburn here. They feel damn unstoppable at home this year. Yeah, Auburn is, and they're they're a pretty complete squad. I know that if you look at, I believe, their strength of schedule or how many quad one wins is not as impressive as some of the teams right now in the top 25. Mm -hmm. But, man, you mentioned that record at home. Also, they've got a stud in Johnny Broom, and Kentucky is just having a really hard time right now. Lost four of seven. So I would, and honestly, I would have thought, Earlier in the week when they were taking on a really good South Carolina club, I would have been on the Gamecocks in that game. And Auburn absolutely smoked them. So, yeah, I would be on the Tigers too, especially because of what you mentioned. That home streak is remarkable. Oh, yeah. Like you said, they just smoked South Carolina 101-61. to They are riding into this game with a top-10 offense and a top-10 defense. Like, man, have they looked incredible. And I feel like I need to say this because I was pronouncing it wrong for a long time, too. Mm -hmm. It's Janai Broom, which remember I used to bet oh. on Janai Broom when oh. he was back at Moorhead State. Like, I used to bet on Moorhead State all the time. I was like, this guy, Janai Broom, like, he's just incredible. In fact, I think his mom follows me on Twitter. I was betting on his team so much. So now he's at Auburn, and he is an absolute force down low. Somebody who can fill up the statue and also – a fiery guy. I think that's something that I've noticed um, <clears throat> in their matchups against Alabama, which another quality win at home over a good Alabama squad. Uh, a few games ago, won that one 99 to 81 because that's the thing about this offense. When they get going, they absolutely get going. So I'm not sure what the number is going to be against Kentucky, but uh, spoiler alert, probably going to be taking Auburn here. All right, let's look at some of the other games because I did mention the big one over the weekend, Marquette squaring off with UConn. Uh, Kim Palm has the Huskies winning this one by seven. So usually those are where the betting lines will be around. UConn comes into this one with the nation's longest winning streak at 13 games. So first question is, Jenks, do you think the spread matters here? Because, I mean, it's hard to go against UConn mm. at home. But yeah. it's going to be a sizable spread. And usually you are going to be paying a premium for some of the top teams in college mm -hmm. basketball. So if it is seven, does it make you nervous? I know for me, usually anything mm -hmm. over five at home makes me a little nervous. But do you think the number is an issue? What I think is that I think this will be one of those games where probably UConn is the right side based on how they play defense. Because when you see it, – it, it'll feel like a trap to me is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. You'll see number four Marquette getting seven points on absolute – I'm all over Marquette, and yet UConn is probably the right side just because of how they play at home and because of that defense. And, you know, maybe the under is the way to go as well because UConn also likes to play at a slower pace. Marquette is very good at, at forcing turnovers. So I think the under would be in play, but I would actually lean UConn because I feel like you're going to see that big number and you're going to immediately think Marquette and that, that will come across as fishy to me. Yeah. And just based on what I'm seeing on Kim Palm, the big advantage that UConn has is down low their offensive rebounding percentage in the top 20 of all of college hoops. You look at Marquette's, 
Not a team that's been great on the boards. 260th when it comes to offensive rebounding. So when you're getting those easy second looks and you're getting multiple times to get it right on the offensive end of the ball, especially when you're at home, one would think that UConn uh, can get the job done. And if you're talking about covering a number bigger than five, you need a team that can shoot some yeah. free throws. UConn's a little middling in that category, but they're shooting 73%, which is not terrible. Uh, so maybe not an angle there. So I think this number is probably like, right? Like I'm assuming so. But my only question is when you see a team that's been rolling and has the longest win streak in the country, mm-hmm. do you think they're due for a bad game? I mean, yeah, at some point they will, but also, you know, Marquette has won six straight. So mm-hmm. you could, even though UConn's streak is longer, you can make the case that both of these teams, the way they've been playing, like one of them is due for an off game. So I'm going to side with the more talented squad, the better defensive squad and the team playing at home because I feel like those advantages line up to help you maybe continue the way you've been playing as opposed to Marquette going into that environment. They're both great teams. There's no question about that. This is going to be the marquee game of the weekend, but I'm going to I'm gonna trust my gut and go with UConn here. I will be fascinated to see tomorrow when the number comes out where it sits, and it probably will be around seven and where the money goes. Yeah, and then we have the, the script is flipped for narratives when it comes to this Kansas and Oklahoma game. We were talking about UConn. Mm. Okay, they've been playing really good. When does it end? Are they going to play a bad game? What about Kansas? They're on the flip side of this. They've now lost two of their last three games, and they're on the road at number 25 Oklahoma here, and Kim Palm has Oklahoma winning it by one game what has happened to kansas this is the number six ranked team in the country i know they have an incredible home court advantage Mm -hmm. but still one would think that they can contend with oklahoma here one would think but i think i might go with oklahoma kansas is just kind of a mess right now and they really Mm -hmm. need kevin mccullough jr back i know he's got that bone bruise in his knee and but even even though i think he's still Even though he's been sitting out, I think he still leads the Big 12 in scoring, but he wasn't very efficient before he got banged up. Kansas is just in really bad form right now. And so we saw them get blown out when Bill Self was getting ejected first time ever he'd ever been ejected as Kansas head coach. So he's clearly frustrated. Kansas just isn't at full strength. And until they pull it together and get healthier, I might lean to the Sooners. But you know I don't want to bet on a Sooners. I can't stand (laughs) Oklahoma so Give me Kansas out of principle, but the Jayhawks worry with the, with the recent form. I think if you see a scenario like this, maybe you just don't bet it. Maybe you wait and see, because I don't want to go against Kansas here because the last time these two squared off, it was all Kansas, but it also was a home game. Kansas winning at 78 to 66. And I will say the one common thread with hmm, just about all the losses, the exception of one, Marquette was a neutral site. They have five of their loss, five of their six losses have come on the road. So this is again a road game, and this is where Kansas has kind of struggled. The recent form has not been there. So maybe you just stay away from it and say, okay, I will bet Kansas once they look a little bit better. But until then, it's probably a stay away for me. Jenks, your Longhorns have a big matchup on the road at number three, Houston. Kim Pom has uh, Houston winning this one by eleven. Do you think Texas could possibly keep it close? Is there anything that we need to be aware of? 
I mean, I want Texas to keep it close. And look, they're coming off their best performance of the season because they looked awesome against West Virginia where they were very efficient. Acemas was great. Dylan Disu was great and came out really hot. But the problem with Texas is that they're so inconsistent, Chelsea. They're just really hard to trust away from home where they win, they lose. They win, they lose. And if I'm being honest, they were probably ranked in the top 25 a little too long this season based on how they performed last year under Chris Beard. But Texas is hard to trust. And also, I hate going against my horns, trust me. Mm-hmm. But Houston has been awesome at home this season. They're 8-4-1 against the number. You bet on the Cougars when they're playing in H-Town. So I would love to see Texas put together great back-to-back performances on the road. But that's not something they've been able to do for most of the season so believe it or not texas three and three against the number playing away from austin i think i would lean houston i hate that i'm saying that but i've got to see texas string together some wins before i can believe in them i'm wondering if you look at a team total under for texas just because that's what kind of the numbers suggest even though it'd probably be a pretty low number like it says on kimpom that texas is only going to score 61 points it's a combination Mm -hmm. of you know tempo and also the fact that houston's defense my goodness top 10 in just about every defensive category uh when it comes to adjusted defensive efficiency this is the number one team in the land so i think texas offense is gonna have some tough times getting going if it's been an inconsistent squad this doesn't seem to be the elixir uh that makes it go towards the right side so uh, we'll see what happens with Texas. And then let's round out things in the ACC. We have number nine Duke visiting Florida State. We've got the Blue Devils uh, supposed to win this one by six mm-hmm. points, according to Ken Palm. Is there any X factor that could make this go in a different direction? Or do you think Duke uh, wins this one pretty easily? Oh, God. Well, I hate Duke, so that always... That always colors my handicap. I think I might go with Florida State here. Florida State, or I might look... Oh, God, I go back and forth here. My Duke bias is definitely seeping in. But Duke away from home has not been great this season, Chelsea. It's, what, a 2-4-1 and one record against the spread that they have when they're not playing in Durham. And six feels like a low number but it's almost low to the point where i think maybe the seminoles are the right side here so we're gonna see i honestly i honestly think we'll see a higher scoring game because duke can really run up the points and fsu is very efficient on the offensive end i think i would lean to the over or maybe grab the points with the dog at home in florida state don't have a strong opinion on this one but that would be my lean the last time i tried to go against duke (laughs) wake forest God, what a terrible beat. Duke did not deserve to cover that number, but they did. And now you look at the recent form for Duke is not only have they won three of their last four games, or excuse me, four of their last five, they've covered in four of their last five. So it's not like the number has been an issue. I know some of those games have been at home, but I think I would still lean towards Duke here. Florida State has not presented enough. They haven't been in good form covering or failing to cover in four of their last five games. So I think I would probably lay it with Duke, but I don't feel super great about it. James, why do you hate Duke? Because it's because I almost went to North Carolina. I was very close. But I grew up in Tar Heels. Yeah, uh, but I 
But I, I, I almost went to North Carolina. I applied my for my freshman year. I didn't get in. But then they only accepted 50 people, like not just like 50, 50 people as sophomore transfers. And I got in after a year at Texas. And so I was very close to going to UNC. I grew up a Tar Heels fan. I can talk a lot of Heels basketball from like the 80s and early 90s. So naturally, when you grow up being – a North Carolina basketball fan. You hate Duke because of that. And I almost went there and because they have a great journalism program. So UNC mm-hmm. has always had a, a bit of a special place for me in college hoops. And so along with that comes a lot of Duke hate. So that's why. Ugh, I hate both of them. I hate UNC and Duke I because I went to NC State. And this is what people love to do. They love to come up to me and say, oh, well, I'm a big UNC fan. I'm like, oh, are you from North Carolina? No. I'm like, well... <laughs> That's not fair. Like, I went to NC State. That's why I'm an NC State fan. But they're like, yeah, but I just really liked UNC basketball. I'm like, God, get out of here, bandwagon fans. Jenks, you almost went there, so you have to hate Duke? Yes. Come on. (laughs) Almost went there. I guess Christian Leitner had a lot of people hating him. All right, coming up next, golf talk. What's going on at the Genesis? We've got you covered. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. And we are back. Thanks for tuning in. It is Friday, February the 16th, and Jenks and I are counting the days until our vacations. We love our jobs, but who doesn't look forward towards their vacation? And I am laughing to myself because for like the first year of the show, we had this narrative that you wore nightshirts, very long, like Victorian era, like long sleeves. And we even had a, a promo running. It was like, Jenkson is nightshirt. And we said it yep. once and like the promo team just like ran with it. So for the longest time, you know, listeners were picturing you in a nightshirt. But now guess what they get to do? They get to picture you in a sun shirt. Jenks was telling me about his vacation. He's like, yeah, yes. I got my sun shirt. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's the oldest thing I've ever heard. Jenks is going to be in a sun shirt. He's going to have those wraparound sunglasses for like glaucoma patients. He's going to have his hat. He's going to have like the white zinc oxide sunscreen on his nose. Boy, is Catherine in for a treat. She's not going to be able to keep her hands off of you. That's right. And just wait until I switch it up. She's like, oh, is that an orange sun shirt? And then the next day, it's a white sun shirt. And then all of a sudden, just when you think that she can't be any more all over me, oh, I break out the blue sun shirt. She's not going to know what to do with herself. They're going to be like, what is that guy's secret? It's not his body. It doesn't look like he has a lot of money. And they're not going to be able to figure it out. And the key is, it's the sun shirt. And I got it from, and no one makes a sun shirt like Amazon. I got the four pack in yesterday. Watch out, ladies. Catherine's going to have to fend them off with a stick because of the sun shirt. Oh my God. I don't know why this makes me laugh so hard. Maybe it's because it reminds me of like the kids that would wear the t-shirts in the pool. Like, did you ever Mm -hmm. go to a public pool growing up? And there was the kids that were literally in the pool with jean shorts and a big white t-shirt. 
You're like, come yes. on, man, you don't have a swimsuit or be like a really overweight kid that like wears a shirt in the pool. Like, that's what I'm imagining you. And people are like, does he have like leprosy or something? Why doesn't he want people to see his skin? Like, it's going to be mean, Jenks in his sun shirt and like, you know, overweight kids. They're like, yeah, I got this <laughs> off Amazon too. I mean, I go without a shirt on the beach or at the pool. It's just the extended period because the sun shirt is for our boat trip. So that's when we have a day where we're meeting a couple who are friends of ours here in D.C., Jen and Chris. And so they live on Capitol Hill. We see them on a pretty regular basis. So we're not going together, but we have a place. They have a place down there. Not our places that we bought, but we got on like Airbnb. So they're going to be just a few houses down from us. So it's going to be a good balance between we get our time together. Like Jen gets her time with Chris. I get my time with Catherine. And then we have some, we have some things that we're doing together. And one of those things is we got a boat for the day. Like we have a driver of the boat and it's all you can drink. And they have like a, a lunch. They have a dinner that they make for you as well. And we're going to be on the water in the sun for hours and hours and hours. And for that, I 1000% need a sun shirt. So I'll get on the beach or whatever, and I'll be good. And I'll just be wearing a bathing suit like everyone else, hop in the water. But when it comes to hours on end, I would, I would die. I would die by the end of the day. Look at me right now. I'm actually wider I'm actually wider in person than you can see right now. So you, you, you don't want me in the sun. I don't want me in the sun for more than two or three. I mean, what, after about 25 minutes, I'm like, all right, I get in the shade for a while. I'm starting to burn. So there's no way I can handle hours, hours on the water. Yeah, especially this time of year. Like it's the dead of winter. Mm. Like I'm pretty sure if I saw the sun for like an hour, I would probably get roasted and I don't burn easily. It's just this time of year where your skin is like, what the hell? We've been indoors for the whole winter. Now you're bringing the sun out? This can't be handled. But, Jenks, do you think that there's going to be a point in the vacation where you're like, oh, my God, I have to go back to work. I have to go back to my normal life. Why don't I just start a life here? And we were thinking, we have all decided that there needs to be a Michael Jenkins bet and shanty on an island yeah. somewhere where you just set your backdrop up. You know, you can have like a few conch shells like lined up and I'm like, gonna do it. I'm going to bet many shells that the T-Wolves cover tonight. Uh, is that a life you think you could get behind? Oh, absolutely. I guarantee you when we're in St. Martin on the way back, I'm going to start doing research on how we can start living overseas. And we've talked about it. Because I could probably pull it off because of our show. Catherine is the one because she's the baller in the family. So she's the one who has to go into the office. And even though we do have a studio here in D.C., but she has to go into the law office three days a week. So she is the one who would probably have to work on that more than me. What can I do? I'm built for that. I am built for waking up, doing this show. And when I'm done, what's the first thing I do? Well, it's time for a liquid breakfast. And that breakfast is a pina colada. And it has fruit in it. It has some coconut. It has some pineapple. And those are fruits. I would be healthy and happy. And then and then maybe I can, believe it or not, I can tan. I know it seems like I can't. But there was one summer when I grew up in Breckenridge, Texas, and we would go to the lake. I could water ski. I water skied all the time growing up. And so we would go out. It takes forever. We go out every weekend, and after about, I don't know, two, two and a half months of getting a couple hours of sun every weekend, I was really tan. So it can happen. 
it's just hard for me to do as a one-off. Like, I'm not going to go to St. Martin, get a tan, and come back. But that's the life for me. Absolutely, Chelsea, I could do that. Yeah, you would need the 12-pack of sun shirts from Amazon, but I'm sure they deliver <laughs> there, right. too. If you order within five hours and 55 minutes, we can get it to you today, Amazon Prime, baby. All right, so enough of the bet and shanty. It does feel like a great dream, though. I would like a bet and shanty of my own. Maybe one day it can be like my second home is the bet and shanty on a beach somewhere. All right, so let's get into the Genesis mm -hmm. Open or excuse me, Genesis Invitational and what's going on in uh, the golf tournament on the West Coast. We know the big story, of course, Tiger Woods, his triumphant return to the BGA Tour, but not without its bumps and bruises. We saw Tiger Woods actually shank a ball off the tee, which a lot of people mm -hmm. were saying, oh, Tiger Woods is just like me. No. Have you seen how many majors he's won? He is not like you. Have you seen the stripes on his new logo with all of those majors? But here's Tiger after the tournament, who I will give him this. When he makes a mistake, when he looks stupid, he has more of a sense of humor about it, I feel like, than he used to. So here's him kind of talking about his shot on 18. What happened there? And is that still a shock to the system for you when that happens? Well, my, my back was spasming in the last couple of holes and I was locking up. So um, I came down and, and it, it didn't move. And I presented Hosel first and uh, shanked it. When's the last time you hit a shank, Tiger? I think you can remember. It's been a while. It's definitely been a while. I mean, uh, other than trying to hit flop shots and other kind of weird shots around the greens, uh, not, not from the position I was at. Yeah, well, at least he has an excuse. Like, most of us do not have an excuse when we shank it off the tape. Tiger Woods is back locked up. But after this shot, he also had an incredible shot through the trees where he kind of looked reminiscent of the old Tiger. And I will say this, where... Even when he struggles in other aspects, he's still got the scrambling ability. And what has made him an incredible golfer over, you know, his long story career is his way to recover after some of these shots. So we are seeing the full display of Tiger Woods game uh, over the weekend. But as it sits, Tiger Woods tied for 49th at a one over par if you're looking at the full leaderboard it's patrick cantlay leading the way seven under shot a 64 on the first day followed by cam davis lucas jason day uh and so on and so forth so that's the other takeaway is that was the day to go mm -hmm. low all the elements kind of lined up it was a sunny day it just it feels like tiger got left in the dust uh after yeah. round one but jenks i know you got to watch some of this what were your takeaways watching Tiger Woods finally get to swing uh, the stick again? To be honest, I thought he looked better than I thought he would. If we're being completely forthright here, I, I didn't expect him to go out there and tank, but I think that I think with Tiger and you think about the recovery that he's had to make from that awful accident that him getting back to normal sometimes this is a when you have a severe accident it is a years-long process right because he almost lost his leg and then not only that he's had to deal with various other injuries and so you have to sort of adjust your game and say okay i'm not the golfer that i used to be and also i'm older now but over time i used to swing a certain way i used to handle myself in a certain way now I need a lot of time to sort of rework my body, rework my swing, and figure out a new way to still be effective. You don't throw everything out the window, but I think as time goes on, 
even though Tiger's older, maybe we'll see him be a little bit more consistent. It, it would not have shocked me to see Tiger go out and shoot five, six over par and just really struggle. But he looked a little healthier and a little more confident. He's in great shape, clearly. So if he doesn't shake it on 18, maybe he has an even par round. He was good at scrambling yesterday when he got into trouble. So I don't think anyone expected him to go out and win this tournament. But he actually looked better than I thought he would. Yeah, like he looked like he was there for some of it, you know. He's mm -hmm. obviously going to struggle a little bit with consistency because also this is his first round of PGA Tour golf since like the Masters of last year. So I think that we knew that there was going to be a little rust because that's with any player, especially coming off multiple injuries and especially coming off a long layoff because he's been playing golf. It's not like he's been sitting on the couch. Doesn't sound like something Tiger Woods would be doing. He has been peppering in some tournaments, played in a father-son uh, tournament with his son Charlie, who, man, does that swing look good. Uh, so he hasn't been sitting around, but still, some rust was to be expected. If you want to bet live on the Genesis Invitational, Patrick Cantlay, your leader, is also your favorite. Live odds, plus 350. Scotty Scheffler, 6-1. to one. Jordan Spieth, 10-1. to one. And he had a nice little day on the first round. Shot a 566. Jordan Spieth, I believe, is a Longhorn. Jenks, are you a Jordan Spieth fan? I love Jordan Spieth. Absolutely. He was awesome as a Longhorn. He's been awesome on the PGA Tour, and you can get him at 10 to 1. Now, I was going to put a little sprinkly sprink on Will Zalatoris at 14 to 1, but I love me some Jordan Spieth. Absolutely. A sprinkly sprink. Maybe that's <laughs> going to be one of the house terms at Jenks Bet and Shanty on a beach somewhere. <laughs> a pipe dream that maybe one day he will get to live out. We'll all hope it. Uh, for Jenks. Hour three is coming your way next. We'll talk the NBA All-Star Game, our favorite picks for the weekend. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.